0: This is Shift Run Stop, a fun podcast about games and cultural stuff and comedy and interviews. Hello, Leila. Hi, Ruth. Hello. It's episode 16.
1: Dave Green comes in later and we'll start a series. I suppose it's continuing from Mm -hmm. where we did South Africa, but Around the World in 80 Snacks is what Dave calls it.
0: Yeah, and I think we'll be talking about Turkish snacks found in India, which is going to be an interesting twist. This and week,
1: Turkish chocolate wafery chocolate. I'm things.
0: putting chocolate in inverted commas because uh, it's no chocolate that we're familiar with.
1: That's I'm not massively <laughs> fond of it, but we'll see <laughs> yeah. how it goes.
0: Let's hope. Let's hope that's good. Yeah, we've got Zeb Stones, who you won't probably know by name, but you will no doubt know his voice because he has a very recognisable voice.
1: He's done uh, a lot of stuff on Radio 4. You'll recognise him if you ever listen to The Shipping Forecast. Does a lot of continuity announcement, reads the news. Um, Subsoons. He sounds like that. He's got that, yeah, lovely, that's he's got that good. lovely voice.
0: Yeah, yeah, very good impression. That,
1: he didn't just come in, that was me doing that case anyone was wondering
0: i was wondering to be honest it was that good um yeah he's got a very um very smooth voice hasn't he very and he nice looks about
1: our him. age i, I wasn't yeah. rude enough to ask him how old he is but he doesn't look older he's than n- us
0: no he's n- he's not very old but he has a very sort of deep liquidy voice ooh,
1: liquidy smoky or lovely voice
0: lovely voice yeah and he does a shipping forecast which is that extremely long list of weird places and weather conditions that he <laughs> reads out
1: So for the average listener who maybe has heard you on Radio 4 doing the shipping forecast, if they're anything like me, they probably would have predicted that you were in your late
2: 40s. In my 40s with a Labrador. Possibly bald.
1: Bald. Not fat, but certainly, you know, a a heavy, comfortable, you know, a kind of... A, a big
2: presence <laughs> yeah. S- some people think that you're a black man yeah. well no, no that's funny you should say that because Corey Caulfield uh, one of my colleagues when I started Radio 4 when I turned up she said oh darling she said we all thought you were going to be black <laughs> and it was because of my name because oh. Zebedee she and I was Zebedee when I first came to Radio 4 but everybody in fact someone said to me you will never read the news with the name like Zebedee yeah. because nobody will take it seriously now the news with Zebedee sounds and, mm. um, <laughs> so for professional reasons you have had to truncate yourself to well Zeb. I was always kind of Zeb to friends but yeah. um, I thought when I came to Radio 4 of all the places in the world that I can be Zebedee it's Radio 4 mm. um, but no
0: people know your voice do you get like fan mail from people saying send me a picture of yourself no, I love your they, voice they
2: used to do kind of that old fashioned local radio way post postcards that they would send out oh, occasionally yeah. but there are pictures on the website so people can, okay. can go online yeah,
1: people who go to your, your website can get, you can get get pictures of you and that's zebsomes.com it's just an online showreel really mm. You know, mm. much easier to update than constantly sending out DVDs and things so. <laughs> That's brilliant. and Zeb, uh, as you probably know already if you 've ever heard radio 4, zeb's uh, famous for being the voice of the shipping forecaster, but you're you also continuity mm-hmm. announcer and news and news yeah. reader yeah and so you you might have heard him say things like coming up next <laughs> on radio four <laughs> <laughs> But you have this voice, and you're not putting it on because you sound like it now, and you sound you sounded like it the first time I met you as well. It's not. This isn't a pretense. Your your voice. This is gen- genuinely. No, this is me. Got that really yeah. rich, deep it sounds tones. Sounds like amazing. Radio
0: Four when he talks. It's like oh, Radio <laughs> It's just there. It's I've got my out.
1: own little EQ box in my oh. thigh. <laughs> I was going to ask whether, whether they kind of, you know, bump up the bass or whether there's some, you know, like cutting back on the mid or whether there's some tricks that are done to make it
2: even richer than it normally no, is. No, but, but actually, apparently there's an amazing box in the bowels of Broadcasting House somewhere called an OptiMod, which... Mm. Um, Automatically equalizes whatever's going out on air. So if something is suddenly played too loud, it will squash the top of it. Oh, we need one of those.
1: Yeah, yeah. Be good. Dave it's suggested fine. a thing called Wave Hammer some time ago, <laughs> <laughs> which is a plug-in for some sort of audio editing Aggressive thing. Standing. Well, we don't have Wave Hammer, but we do have a uh, yeah, we do have a bunch of other filters we that have we Dave apply
0: to watch the light when it goes on. Yeah. Um, no, we're talking about David Quantic earlier, and I th- well, I, I slightly know him, and um, him and and some other people that I slightly know did a Radio 4 show, which I think...
2: I read uh, the credits for it. One. One, which is a fantastic series. Each sketch it? only has one uh, character yep. in it. I am the voice of the beginning oh. and the end of one.
0: You are. Now you've said it. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. David
2: is great. I went to a pub quiz that he did once. He mm. was fantastic.
0: He's very dry, isn't he? And yeah, he was great on this. We had him on, um, what was it, our second, third episode? Third, I think. Schneider, Tandy, Quantic the Armando pincers closing in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, he's lovely. He's very he was, Should get him in again. He was very
1: dry him. when he when he came on here. Yeah, he was um, yeah, very.
0: We asked him about the new Doctor Who, and he said they're getting too young, and the next one's going to be Jedwood. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I would like to see that.
0: Yeah. So what what are you been doing today, Zeb? Uh,
2: I was doing continuity today, so I was in at eight, and that's linking all the bits between the programmes. Mm-hmm. And I finished with the. PM programme with Eddie.
0: And you literally do those live?
2: Yeah, it's all live because part of the job of the announcer is to be there when things go wrong and obviously Mm. some programmes are live, others are recorded and we have to do this concertina job of making sure that the news happens every single hour Mm. and no matter how long the programme's in between, it all fits because we have the pips every hour mm-hmm. radio four doesn't have any jingles like other radio stations just those five electronic beeps so hopefully when it's all going well you don't really notice us mm-hmm.
1: does that mean that there's a little bit of slack time built in between uh, between there's
2: about two minutes, minutes every hour right which we can fill with trails and, and us just saying what's coming up next mm-hmm. so that's the, the kind of the levers that you've got to play with to make it fit yeah but then things happen sometimes present as misread a clock without mentioning any names and finished their programme three minutes early which did happen once uh, and they'll just well he just started wrapping up and said I'd just like to thank all my guests Nets. and I'm looking at the clock and, uh, and you just have to talk for three minutes so you get used to having this arsenal of trivia and websites and bits of information that you can just string together to pad time. Oh, wow. Being able to
1: sort of judge how long you've got, how many seconds you've got left, and, and hitting a mark as well. Yeah. That must be quite a tough thing to
2: do. Yeah. And satisfying as well, in a quite mm. a geeky way.
0: I'm in computers.
3: I'm in America. Oh, snack time. Well, yes. So uh, what happens in uh, around the world in 80 Snacks? Are we still calling it that? Yeah, let's
0: go for
3: that. Fa- are, Fa- fantastic. Is that is that usually we go to some lengths to obtain the snack foods of, of, of other countries, mm. and then I make fun of their names. Right. And, uh, but I'd, li- I'd like to stress that I am an equal opportunities um, <laughs> mocker, <laughs> of, uh, of, of marketing, you guys know me. I I make equal uh, mockery of uh, of our own British product. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, you know, but yeah. if, if you are, if you if you do live in one of the countries that uh, that I seem to find amusing, yeah, please <laughs> please, don't, please don't take it personally. Anyway, so yes, uh, so India, um, uh, what, what's happened here? There's been a bit of a mix-up. In that, clearly, I, you know, I was a bit confused. I was just wondering. I wasn't there for very long, and uh, grabbed a handful of uh, of what I assumed to be Indian chocolate bars. Uh, when I got them home, the, the tragedy is, I think the majority of these are from Turkey. Oh no! So, I mean, and perhaps in India, the Turkish chocolate bar. Is considered um, a bit of a, a bit of a delicacy, a bit of a, oh, it an imported. Like perhaps it's their Switzerland. Yes. yes. We're, we're kicking off here, and I believe this to be uh, Turkish. I think it's from the company Elvan, and it's the Princh bar. The bar. Yeah. Princh bar. P R I N C H. Yeah. Uh, the obvious joke here is if they if they did change the name to Snickers or something like that, they could say the chocolate bar formerly known as Princh. Um, <laughs> uh, i looking at the picture of it. It looks like a kind. Of, oh, here we are. Milk compound chocolate. Coated wafer with crispies. It's got it's it's nice, it's like a lion bark
0: on the outside. All oh, right.
3: We've got a wa- wafer layer with some chocolate and uh, rice krispies <laughs> on the outside. But it snaps like a crunchy.
0: It's quite oh,
1: dry. This is revolting. It's
0: quite an unusual taste.
1: This <laughs> is the worst
0: chocolate
3: I've <laughs> ever eaten. It's
0: um, so racist
3: well it's gone so come, it it's gone come, it's 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 quite a long it's come quite a lot long way, bro. Um no but
1: there's no <laughs> flavour in the chocolate. Mm. the uh, wafer it tastes like cardboard it's dry and crispy oh dear
3: a bit of a thumbs down for the French there. so it's a wafer Mm. and for people who don't think wafers are crunchy enough then it's got kind of rice krispies in the the chocolate outside but um, I wouldn't even call that chocolate it is
0: like that cooking chocolate stuff isn't it that's Mm. what it tastes like
3: Okay, well, oh. let's have something nicer. Let's see. Let's see what the Synsec Corporation can uh, can, can <laughs> offer by way of improvement. And they they they've got the wink bar here. Mm. Ooh, this is got, this is similar, but with caramel added to it. Mm-hmm. They, do,
0: they do have a wafer based thing going
3: here, don't they? This and, and and again, is oh, this is, this is this is slightly ominous. Um, but bear in mind that was only milk compound chocolate <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the previous bar. This is milk cocoa compound. Covered, covered wafer with caramel and rice nice crunch. So this, yeah, this is a, see like, now, can we
1: just go back to this cocoa compound?
3: Now? <laughs> that, sounds like, that sounds like what you say when you're not allowed to say chocolate. It, the Wink is it seems to be SimSex's um, competitor to the Princh. It's
0: looking kind of familiar, I have to say. Now,
3: on the packet, there's a, a nice gooey lump of caramel oh, pouring out of it.
0: Sweeter.
1: The, in reality, I don't see any liquid caramel in here at all. No.
0: It's slightly
1: less dry than the Princh. <laughs> Mum... <laughs> Very, very marginally but less dry.
0: More kind of citrusy or something?
1: It's a lot sweeter,
0: isn't it? Reminds me of when somebody said the new Jay Goody perfume smelled like somebody weed on some sweets. <laughs> and you're getting a similar kind of effect from the Oh, from this the is print so
3: Anyway, well... Oh, I hope I these get better, Dave. Oh, well, but Fortunately, here's a bar that advertises oh. its credentials on the packet. This is um, this is Solan, who um, and I should have again schoolboy era. I should have spotted like Solan was a Turkish product because they they actually import some um, some quite um, uh, budget uh, products into this country uh, occasionally, well, uh, such as well. If, if you shop in home bargains, for instance, you might you might be familiar with the. Uh, <laughs> with the sound product range. That that, that that sounded quite disparaging. But you know, like I oh know, I'm all for it. Let's and this is the um this is the Go Fresh Extra Milky.
0: And it looks like um, It looks
3: like a kind of Mars Delight, no, Kit Kat Sensors, no. Kinder Wino. Bueno.
0: Yes, the last uh, well, one.
3: They're they're all part of
1: the same family. And and the description of the chocolate bar says milk compound chocolate. Coated wafer with milk cream. Now, I'm I'm concerned about this compound chocolate. It's, it's I've ex- only seen <laughs> it... <laughs> it's, it's
2: extra milk, you know. <laughs> I've seen
1: I've seen and tasted compound chocolate on two occasions.
3: Uh, this milk, is the milk third. compound chocolate. Well, I mean, but uh, th- then again, I mean, bear in mind that in other parts of the EU, what we consumers chocolate would not would, would not true. be would, it, would, it would be illegal to own. <laughs> uh, like, you uh, can't
1: just uh, surrender it in amnesty. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, oh
1: dear! I oh, remind me never to move to Turkey. It's got a weird sort of mm. it's got a
0: milky filling. fondant
3: filling, isn't it? Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: It's got sugar that you can actually taste as well. It's got like granules of sugar.
3: It's it, it's moderately milky. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go crazy and call it mm. extra milky. Of the three. This mm. is winning mm. Mm. But only by default I mean it's not like I'd, I'd um, rush out And be buying myself A Go Fresh bar So actually I'm going to wrap up This little sort of Turkish All right. mm-hmm. uh, Excursion The Turkish but, mistake <laughs> uh, Yeah so uh, But Next time we come back To uh, Around the World In 80 Snacks <laughs> Then we will we will Actually focus on Proper Indian products mm-hmm. But just for now Looking forward to that In a future episode This is uh, Just for now this is, this is Amul And this describes itself As milk chocolate It's in a nice little Cardboard box
0: Oh, it's like well, it's gold foil. It's looking visually like a European chocolate bar so far. <laughs> oh, we haven't seen we haven't seen the colour of it. Oh, da, da,
3: da, da. oh, oh it's, look! it's a foil and a mm. foil wrapped, it's kind it's, of foil um, wraps it
1: as well. And it's it's kind of dark chocolate. Yeah. yeah. This is quite unusual chocolate, isn't it? Yeah. So the, oh. the ML chocolate. I, um, oh,
0: tastes awful.
1: It is like worse than cooking chocolate.
0: Because to start with, you think your, your brain's thinking it's going to be chocolate because it looks like and sort of has the oh. texture of chocolate, but. The aftertaste is—it's
3: mm. got quite, quite strange, kind of almost tobacco-y taste. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. it dusty. It's Which like a uh, nasty, dusty flavour. Mm, oh, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'd still eat it. Yeah. But right. guess, um, in the uh, in the proper Indian segment of uh, mm. uh, like um, of this, we'll have a look at what Cadbury's Ooh. has. You uh, uh, like,
0: brand uh, we trust. Really. <laughs> yeah,
3: come back next time when uh, we'll have a real taste of the Raj. <laughs>
2: we yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Seb, are you are you a weather enthusiast or I mean what what is the shipping forecast can you describe it to me? <laughs> what, what does it mean well it's
2: I mean it's got two audiences it's got the people who actually need that information and mm. apparently at last count a third of the people who need that meteorological information only get it from listening to radio 4 wow. on long wave mm. and it's on long wave because obviously that travels mm. further and more people can pick it up and apparently someone might be able to tell me if this is true long wave uh, transmissions just carry on going out into space Mm. So, theoretically, you could kind of listen to a shipping forecast from the 1950s somewhere yeah. in space, which would be quite cool. But yes, it's uh, poetically, it's a litany of place names around the British Isles, mm. but it's um, essential meteorological information for sailors. Although, ironically, when we say a hurricane is imminent, it's actually six hours away right. and soon is 12 hours away so there's quite a bit of time well if it. you're on a boat it takes a long time to get anywhere <laughs> I suppose so. you, <laughs> don't, you don't want to
1: be surprised by something like that'll take even longer yeah. how long
0: have you been doing it for? Uh,
1: about eight years and that's long enough that the character in Black Books have you seen Black Books? I have I I know know what a, you know what you know talk I'm talking about? about? yeah so the female lead in Black Books falls in love with the shipping forecast voice played, played by, by Peter Sarah Finowitz Serafinowicz, Serafinowicz, mm-hmm. yeah, and the voice that Peter does, and he, he has a uh, a rich, deep voice that he uses he uses well when he's acting, anyway.
2: But it's so clearly based on you that it <laughs> can't possibly have been anybody else. Uh, yeah, I don't have friends phoning me up. Although we did have somebody uh, uh, write in from um, B wing of a prison uh, to ask one of my female colleagues if she could re- read the shipping forecast a little um, more quickly um, because he was finishing before her. Uh, Finishing the crossword, of course.
1: (laughs) No doubt. But uh, I hear people tune in in order to help them fall asleep. And not because it's boring, but because it has this kind of, you know, poetic... um, Well, clearly I'm hypnotising people and sending mm -hmm. subliminal messages through the radio. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And there is a rhythm to it. You know, it does have a particular um, pace and tempo.
2: Partly that as well is people listening on boats. On long wave, which is you know quite can be quite crackly, it's got to be read in this kind of liturgical way because people are actually transcribing it by hand right. and filling in charts. So if it's not read clearly um, at mm. dictation speed, then the information will be lost. Right. So it has a technical reason why it's read like that, mm. and the the order is specific as well. You don't you don't mix and match and no do it
1: just no. off the cuff mm. for the same reason.
2: Yeah, yeah, So so people know exactly which location is going to follow. Uh, there's quite a few.
1: Isn't there? There's a couple of dozen.
2: It's about 32, I oh. think. Well, it-
0: is it every night?
2: It is read. No, it's read four times a day. Oh, wow. Um, and yes. I probably do it. Four times a week.
0: Possibly. Okay,
2: right. Promontory's one of them, and one or, one or two of
1: them uh, <laughs> changed recently, didn't they? Was they did. Fitzroy. Well, it, was, it
2: was Finisterre. Finisterre. And, um, but uh, the Spanish had their own Finisterre because they own it, so they're entitled to it. Um, and we had an area which we called Finisterre, and we changed it to Fitzroy. And Admiral Robert Fitzroy was the captain of Darwin's uh, boat, the Beagle, mm. and he kind of pioneered uh, the shipping forecast. Um, And tragically killed himself, Um, but we named, renamed Finisterre Fitzroy after Mm. him. Was there another one that was dropped as well? I'm thinking the last. Oh, Heligoland became German Bite. German Bite. See, that's a beautiful name, Heligoland.
1: What
0: have you been doing this week? I went to a thing at the V&A, actually, which is sort of shift and stop relevance. What was that? It was sort of a weekend of digital events um, in general. This was just a kind of a weekend where they, it sort of took over loads of the rooms in the VNA. So there was a thing that involved lots of little sort of risk-style figurines, and it was some sort of game which you had to text people. So those games element to it as well. Um, oh, and the, the worst one, um, <laughs> you get in the sense there was some competition for that, <laughs> um, was, uh, we, well, we thought, this sounds, this sounds good, we'll go and see this film about historic computer art. We went in, and it's actually a series of short films of different graphical, you know, computer graphics mm. experiments, really, since uh, really over the 60s and 70s, and some of them went on for about 10 minutes, and we're just like watching screensaver. And it helps. was incredible. And we just and by the end, like literally half of the theatre had walked out, and the other half were just in hysterics. So that was that was disappointing. But on the whole, worth going to. And there were some good talks and stuff too. Do you know how much That's longer fun. it's on for? Well, I think that was just the weekend. Mm. But there might be some other. There was certainly a static exhibition of pictures of computer art which i think will still be on for a few months Mm -hmm. so you can go and see that and we'll link to it on the blog post obviously quite nice to look at but most of them seem to just be random number generation and it's just the only computer element was yeah we used uh, we used the computer to do the simplest thing a computer can do (laughs) Um, and uh, (laughs) that you could equally achieve by dropping some marbles on the floor or something and
1: that's something i pay to see
0: the, what someone dropping marbles on the floor. Or
1: coins or dropping dice. Anything. Oh, it'd be brilliant.
0: When we do our live shift run stop show, yeah. let's, uh, you can do that. You can be the guy that does it. I'll do the yachts. I, I won't even try and take that glory away from you.
1: You could assign people individual numbers by throwing some dice. And then they have to mm-hmm. find out if their number's the same as anybody else's number. And if it is, then they have to sit on each other's knee. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have to share a chair.
0: This game you're making up, and where, and where does it end? Dare I ask? Well,
1: that's how people are assigned to their seats.
0: And this is how we're. And this is how we're filling the theatre before yes, the show starts. Okay, exactly. They right. come in. Yeah.
1: Uh, and as they arrive, you roll three dice. You give them the three-digit number, and you mm. say, "There you go. Go and find your seat." And if there's somebody already sat in the chair, it's like a hashing algorithm. If there's somebody already sat in the chair, they have to share the chair with them. Right.
0: <laughs> like maybe you like lying at ninety degrees to the way they're sitting.
1: Yeah. Or, or um, just hash. stack. Just stack them. on top stack of each other. Like
0: chairs, right? Exactly. <laughs>
1: And then you, you get the short person sitting on the tall person so they can look over each other's shoulder. That'd be nice, I, I
0: think. OK. It's, it's sort of team building as well as... as <laughs> it is. And math building. it
1: scales as well, because then if 6,666 <laughs> people turn up... I, I have this. <clears throat> this is a volcano forecast.
0: The story behind this is that uh, this chap i know who in fact used to be my history teacher ralph Harrington, is um, very clever and very into lots of different things and one of his most successful projects is this volcano blog called volcanism i think and it's sort of the most popular volcano blog around these days and yeah and he delivers information to volcano enthusiasts on his blog and on twitter about what's happening in various volcanoes around the world every week and that there are and it is like the weather and you get these kind of various reports of what's emitting smoke and what's about to erupt and what's uh, looking a bit dangerous today. Does
1: he do these uh, mainly for fun or is he doing this as part of a big institution?
0: No, I think he's just doing it on his own because he's, he's just sort of a freelance academic and um, this is one of the many research interests that he has, with volcanoes and, and I suppose, I don't know, dangerous geography. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so he's written this thing for Zeb to read and he's very excited about it. He's a massive Radio 4 fan, so I think he'll be very, very pleased.
2: This. Okay, so my apologies to any volcanologists out there for these appalling pronunciations um, of things I've never heard of but here we go. And now the weekly volcanic activity report issued by the Smithsonian Institution and United States Geological Survey for the 10th to the 16th of February 2010. There are warnings of lava dome collapses and pyroclastic flows at Soufrière Hills and lava flows at Klochowskai and Pukaya. The general synopsis for this week. Convection currents within the mantle causing constant injections of fresh magma. Extensive partial melting at subduction zones. Mantle plumes causing isolated eruptive activity. The volcanic activity reports for this week. Bezimiani, thermal anomaly, lava moving upwards and outwards later. Occasionally fume... (laughs) (laughs) Occasionally fumarolic. (laughs) Soufriere Hills, lava dome collapse producing plumes, very hot rocks descending later. Chaitin, incandescence, gas emissions, plumes drifting northwest, slowly. Karangatang, seismicity, declining towards the evening, white plumes rising, incandescent material expected to descend later. Karamiski, weak thermal anomalies and possible ash explosions in some areas. Kalauea, lava surface rising and falling, warnings of occasional fresh spatter when windy, plume drifting mainly southwest. Lava breaking out suddenly. Kluchovskoi, lava flowing down northwest flank, occasional strombolian activity, steam plume rising, daily thermal anomaly, predictably. Nevado del Huia, whitish gas plumes rising, gas emissions later, hazy. Pekaya, lava flows expected to scorch local vegetation by late afternoon, occasional avalanches of blocks, hazardous. Tunguraya, Explosions detected, roars and rumbles heard, windows rattled, incandescent blocks ascending, expected to descend later. Small pyroclastic flow moving northwards, grey plumes, heavy ashfall by morning. And that concludes the volcanic activity report issued by the Smithsonian Institute and United States Geological Survey for the 10th to the 16th of February 2010. Oh
0: my goodness <laughs> That was absolutely incredible <laughs> uh, No but I think I think If we're going to ask people to do anything Then we have to be prepared to do it as well
1: We should So we've, we've already had the fridge from Chiffron Stop Towers We've yes. had two listeners fridges
0: and you've been away, haven't Fridges. you, Rue? Did you do the fridge in your hotel or anything? Oh, we, we,
1: well, I stayed in a bed and breakfast, and there was no fridge in okay. the hotel room. Okay,
0: and you didn't the ask the, the old lady at the B and B to. <laughs>
1: Can you just take <laughs> this for me? <laughs> just put this in your fridge for five minutes. No, I would have felt weird.
0: Uh, fair enough, I suppose.
1: It was nice though. I went to the New Forest. I stalked yeah. some ponies.
0: See. Uh,
1: the the bed and breakfast we were staying in had a cattle grid on the drive oh. leading into it and the reason was because the road is so full of ponies
0: oh I love it yeah oh, it was chock there. full of
1: ponies every house in the road had a cattle grid that's wow. how cute it was
0: oh it's like Hobbiton
1: or something <laughs> just like that without the hairy feet
0: that's lovely and did you have a nice relaxing break? I know that you did come in to record Shift Run the Star <laughs> last week. I did do that week. last week. I love that Ru's allowed a holiday from work, but not from Shift Run the <laughs> Star. I've got
1: to come in, keep up my commitments. Uh, no, I, I uh, had a great week off, actually. As well as going to the BAFTAs, uh, I went to see some family, mm-hmm. hung out with the ponies. I paid a man to come and fix my fence, which was quite nice. Right. So I sat indoors That's in my bed. quite
0: executive gardening. Yeah, it was good.
1: Yeah, it was a nice um, middle-class bit of gardening. Yeah. Pay a man, but it was nice. I think that's called contributing to the economy.
0: Yeah, that's one way of looking at it, I suppose.
1: Yeah. What happened a to your year. fence?
0: Was there some kind of terrible accident? Yeah, that was the wind. Oh right. <laughs> it was
1: uh, a gale. <laughs> okay. Blew one of the fence panels over, and then looking at it, we realised that the rest of it was going to go as well. So.
0: Right. Got a man in. Good. Yeah. So you feel safe now. Barricaded.
1: Yeah, properly secure fence.
0: Good. Yeah.
1: The dog oh, can't bad. get out. It means uh-huh. we can let her out in the garden without her being on a lead. It's quite a novelty. Oh god. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we'll have to get your dog on chiffon stop at some point. She's very cute. She's
1: very Does she cute. She bark?
0: Can you get a recording of her bark?
1: bark on demand.
0: Really? That's yeah. good.
1: If you say speak, she goes. Muff. <laughs> very cute.
0: Can you teach her words. Yeah,
1: well, not words.
0: Oh, uh, we could edit some together. To
1: make <laughs> we could, we could uh, painstakingly form a sentence. <laughs> sausages.
0: i'm looking for the location of the former dennis the menace fan club that you could join through the Beano comic in the 70s and 80s Um, i found this because a while ago the guardian were giving away uh, reproductions of old comics and they gave a different one away every day my eye couldn't help but be drawn to the uh, address on the fan club page because it was in kentish town which is not too far from where i live on the train so i've got the train to kentish town and i'm just walking through now it should be just down here oh this is very exciting so i've walked into what is now some sort of um, it looks like flats actually it's a little housing estate looking for number 20 and i would guess that this has been built in the last 15 years so there probably was something different here before but number 20 i can confirm is a. Uh, looks like a ground floor flat. There's a large four-wheel drive car outside. It really does look residential, but you can just walk in through the gates. So if you're interested in finding what is technically the Dennis the Menace fan club, even though it might not have been at the time, but who knows, maybe it was just somebody's flat that all this stuff went out of. And it's beautiful day, actually. It's very, very sunny, and it's a nice quiet area. And it sort of makes me happy to think that this is where the magic happened. It does say private property on the gates, but they are open, so as far as I'm concerned, That's an invitation. That concludes my adventure into the past and um, into the world of the Bino, or at least the world of Bino administration.
2: You've been testing some Turkish delicacies.
0: Yes, they weren't that delicate in the end. (laughs) It was was Dave's. Well, they're supposed to be Indian, and then Dave realised they were Turkish imports into India and they yeah and they weren't very nice they were oh. sort of like a variation on the lion bar and they were kind of dry
1: if you could imagine a lion bar but without any of the flavour or moisture or indeed moisture because yeah. I think one of the things that makes the lion bar work is that at the end of a mouthful of it you're not left with just dust and crumbs <laughs> no there's a bit of point. caramel clag at the end though. the clag <laughs> <laughs> exactly as you say the clag is what makes the lion bar work
0: and I don't know did you have more Dave we, we've, we've still got some in the bag, bag. Well, I mean, oh, right. so
1: this is the wink, right look at that yeah, don't overcommit. you don't want to put too much in
2: it's frowning.
0: <laughs>
1: um,
2: <laughs> okay, it's got wafer in the middle of it, but it tastes like polystyrene, doesn't yeah. it? It doesn't taste like wafer. It's like synthetic wafer. It's like
0: anything edible.
2: And worryingly, it's got an ingredients list which kind of runs into the thousands, which can't <laughs> be good. Mm. Are you partial to a, a good a good chocolate bar then? Mm. Well, my favourite chocolates mm. are um. <laughs> talk amongst yourselves
0: <laughs> we'll allow
1: you to f- finish that mouthful
2: mm-hmm. um Walker do this chocolate called Enrobed Gingers and it's amazing it's a whole chunk of stem ginger dipped in dark chocolate oh, oh nice and nice. it just transports you to spice caravans and it's just amazing mm. it's my Christmas treat
0: mm. are they the ones that do um truffles mm, champagne are, like yeah champagne truffles yeah.
2: they're amazing very alcoholic
0: mm. nice do you, have, do you have these um, things, Dave? Not, not on me.
3: Ginger thing.
2: You know, thing? <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> you I'm, <have> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> so... No, no, i
0: Well, the other thing I was thinking was we could have a chiffon sock sort of party mm. and invite everybody who's ever been on so they all get oh, to meet wow. each other.
1: Yeah. And but no listeners.
0: Well, maybe, maybe a prize winner. Prize maybe winners. Maybe one.
1: People who tape. bought tapes. When, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this is your incentive to go and buy a tape. Yeah. I like that. Anyone who we've got your email address.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So... That's good. We could do something like that.
1: The Schiffer Stop Party, that's definitely... That's an idea with legs.
0: And it could have an element of live Schiffer Stop to it. We like, could, we could do a bit of stuff.
1: We could eat some snacks.
0: Without actually having to put on an hour-long show. Yeah,
1: we could do a live recording of a segment of Schiffer, Schiffer Stop. But
0: yeah, I mean, it, it, if... I don't know, if we had to pay for it, there's no way we've got enough money in the kitty to throw a party, is there, at the moment? We'd
1: need to sell a lot more tapes. Yeah. I think we've got about £20 in the kitty
0: at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to help us out, you can press donate button on our website or buy a tape from us. We'd like to have a shift-run-stop party, we'd like to invite everybody who's supported us and bought tapes and stuff, and um, we'd like to do a live show sometime.
2: I'm on the show Uh, of the other Radio 4 announcers, Brian Perkins uh, just has this incredible voice which surely elephants can only hear. And uh, Brian sounds like. BBC Radio 4. It's midnight, <laughs> the news with Brian Perkins. Good That's evening.
1: A very good impression.
2: And Peter Donaldson, who's kind of like a, a slight cross between Noel Coward and um, BBC Radio 4, he's, he's very far back. Uh, And David Miles, who has this BBC, Radio 4, The News at Midnight, this very kind of Leslie Phillips, almost, voice. Yeah, I was in an improvised comedy team at university. I got into radio doing different characters and things and doing trails.
1: Is that something you you keep up, comedy? Is that something you still...
2: Yeah, I'd like to do more of it. I used to take leave in the summer and just go off and do a play somewhere, but Mm. since I started working on the proms... That's kind of taken up my summer now. Mm. But yeah, I'd love to do more.
1: Well, anyone listening to this who wants to get involved in a project with
2: them, with <laughs> doing some comedy stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. That was Shift Run Stop available on iTunes or from the website shiftrunstop.co.uk.
1: So thank you very much for coming in to join us. It's been a real treat. Thank you.
0: Thanks, it's been fantastic. Um, thanks
2: for doing all the voices. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> putting up with us. I feel, I feel like a, a voiceover whore. So.
3: <laughs> Goodbye! I'm and now you've got to stop.
1: I'm